The next patient is a 54-year-old woman who was diagnosed in 2003 with an ER-negative HER2-positive breast cancer with bilateral pulmonary nodules consistent with metastatic disease. She was started on trastuzumab and docetaxel, and she amazingly did very well. And she, in fact, had that combination of both trastuzumab and docetaxel, docetaxel at 75 milligram per meter square, between January 04 and June 07. And she had a complete clinical remission, both by CT scans, by MRI of the breast, as well as a PET CT. And the lung lesions? They were gone completely by CT scans and by PET scan. The patient was continued on Herceptin alone, and several PET scans were done. They were all completely normal. And the breast exam continued to be normal. The patient was followed with MRIs of the breast. A PET CT, unfortunately, showed activity in both the left breast and a focus in the right upper lobe of the lung. MRI of the breasts showed multifocal masses in the left breast, all unfortunately suggestive of a malignancy. There were no abnormalities in the right breast. A repeat CT dedicated scan of the chest showed a 1.3 by 1 centimeter nodule with speculated margins in the right upper lobe of the lung and an attempt at a CT guided biopsy of that 1.3 centimeter nodule was not made because the patient refused the risks associated with it, including the pneumothorax. So is that where you are right now? Or? Yes, that's where we are right now. So, Chuck, can you talk about sort of the course up to this point and whether you feel based on what you're seeing when you looked at those images? Well, I think one thing that we didn't have, because I think this patient actually started their treatment somewhere else, was what was the volume of the metastatic disease to the lungs at the time of diagnosis? It clearly disappeared with therapy. I guess one of the things that jumped out at me was, if I'm doing the math right, this lady took docetaxel with trastuzumab for three and a half years. Is that right? With the docetaxel, you never stopped the docetaxel? Never. It was never stopped. At 75 per meter. And she was fine? Chuck actually asked her, and she had grade 1 peripheral neuropathy and edema that will come on and off the treatment, but never was cumulative. Wow. Just remarkable. But to me, I think the most interesting thing about this is it does bring up a question, I think, that more and more people struggle with, and that is, what do you do about local regional therapy in patients who present with a locally advanced breast cancer, relatively small volume metastases who get a good response because, you know, right now the bulk of this patient's problem does appear to be in her left breast. There is this one nodule in the lung, but in the past, when patients had clear-cut metastatic disease, you really didn't think about the local regional therapy. But you know, now we have these patients who show these responses to trastuzumab with taxanes, with things that go for years, and she, in essence, has developed a ipsilateral breast tumor recurrence, though there's never been any local regional therapy done. So I think more and more medical oncologists are thinking about consolidating initial therapies when you get this kind of response going back and doing local regional therapies. And this is the kind of case that, you know, looking back, you can't help but wonder if that might have not been a good idea. 
you struggle every time because you know that by doing a local regional therapy in patients with metastatic disease, you're going to have those cases where you know the disease moves systemically and you'll think, well, what was the point of that? But it is something that I think we are seeing a real change with, particularly in the HER2 positive patients. In the first issue of this series, Eric Weiner brought up the question of does removing the primary in any way affect the metastatic disease? Seema Khan's talked about it. He was pretty skeptical, thought there was a lot of bias involved. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, there are concerns about the data. I guess I'm more pragmatic in the sense that it would be great if there was something there. But I think even if there's not, this is the kind of case that you think, well, for, you know, because uncontrolled local regional disease doesn't take the life of a breast cancer patient, but it's really a major cause of morbidity. And if you have opportunity to get local regional control on a permanent basis in a patient, I think for me that in and of itself has value. So you're thinking about a mastectomy or lumpectomy? Those are the questions that you get into. You know, if you have somebody who's had this kind of response, repeat breast imaging, see what's there in terms of area of enhancement. I think clearly there is pretty good evidence that mastectomy in these locally advanced patients followed by radiation therapy is the way to maximize your probability for local regional control. And if you're doing something for curative intent, you push that harder. In a palliative setting, I think it's one where if a woman was hesitant to lose her breast, I would still, particularly if we weren't seeing much left, thinking about possible, you know, could we do breast conserving radiation, recognizing that, you know, she'd have to understand there were increased risks that it would come back. But if you do nothing, you know it's going to come back. If you do these interventions that allow her to keep her breast, I think it's likely that you will reduce the risk for her. So I think that's one of those situations where you really would have to very much individualize what you're doing and not oversell and say, you know, we need, we need, once you have known metastatic disease. Now, I think if somebody has oligometastases, you know, just a liver lesion or a solitary lung lesion, solitary bone lesion, there I would push that patient harder to more definitive local regional therapy because I would still be hopeful that she might have very long-term control of her disease. So Atif, right now, what's her breast exam show? The breast exam doesn't really reveal any discrete masses. There are some increased density areas. And on the MRI, actually, there isn't a dominant mass, but there are a few areas with enhancement. And actually, Chuck suggested maybe it's the right time to do a biopsy of one of those areas since we couldn't do the biopsy on the lungs, but to do it on the breast, one, to confirm what we are dealing with, and second, maybe repeat the ERPR, since they were less than 5%, which I don't know what that means, but we took it as negative. Therefore, I spoke to the patient, and she's in agreement to proceed with a biopsy of the left breast. Who did the ER? Your local lab? At that time, another hospital... Again, anyway, you can look at the report, Chuck, ER, and get any feel for whether or not the lab, how competent they might be. I guess I worry about it less with ER and PR than I do the HER2 staining because it's more, you know, we bring the threshold down for treatment so far with the hormone receptors that it really takes a pretty negative 
stain. I mean, there's obviously the potential for just a totally false, you know, it's not picking up the brown because they did something wrong. But I guess in a tumor like this, HER2 positive, high proliferation, I guess I would accept that the ERPR is negative. But clearly with this much time having passed, it'll have been, what, four or five years, I do tend to get updated biopsies when I'm at a major treatment decision point for metastatic disease or recurrent disease. So you're thinking about surgery on the breast for local tumor control, but it doesn't really sound like it's a threat right now to be an out-of-control local problem. No, I'm referring to retrospectively when you have somebody who's had the kind of response she did should you move forward. Now this is a new situation, but again, the disease is confined to the breast and maybe a solitary focus in the lung. We've had this remarkable period of time free of control of disease, so I do think that, again, there's the question about local regional control what is the value of that's going to have to be addressed? And anytime you have a solitary lung nodule now in the area of the VATS procedures where it is not such a morbid event to excise those things that you could conceivably render this patient free of evident disease if she responds well to subsequent therapy and you kind of get her back to where she had marked improvement in her breast. It'd be interesting to see what the lung nodule does. You know, if it disappears, great. But if the lung nodule shrinks down and you have a little residual density, you get into those sorts of problems. But I just think these kind of patients really challenge us in terms of incorporating more local measures in our management of metastatic systemic disease than what we used to have. What about systemic therapy for her? Well, she did incredibly well with the Herceptin in combination with the docetaxel. I think her time off on the Herceptin alone was about nine months, I believe. So, you know, the monotherapy with the Herceptin, I guess you could say, didn't seem to work as well as what you would like. But this would be a situation where I would come back in with alternative chemotherapy. And this, I personally would use Navalbean. What about lapatinib? You know, I think lapatinib is certainly an option, particularly if you were going to use it with capecitabine. You know, and there's building data along with, I guess, the anecdotal data that all of us have seen that when you have a patient who has really enjoyed a very good prolonged period of time with their disease controlled with Herceptin, that very often that will continue when you add chemotherapy back in. It's a toxicity question. I think lapatinib capecitabine does bring toxicities for most patients that Herceptin navalbine does not, and I'd rather try that first. What's this woman's personal reaction been to this experience? I mean, she's now had metastatic disease for quite a number of years, and what's her quality of life like? It's excellent. She has absolutely no symptoms. She understood and she was aware that this cancer could come back. At one point, she was asked if she wanted a mastectomy and she said no. Therefore, she has been tolerating the treatment well. Her MAGA scans are normal. She understands this is a chronic disease and she is going to live with it. And it's not controlling anything of her life except the 45 minutes she comes to take her Herceptin. She's working? Yes. What kind of work does she, she do? She works in an office. She has really great quality of life, and she took it very well. In fact, I didn't have to prepare myself a lot telling her about the spots in the breast and in the lung. She said, we did it in the past, 
and we are going to do it again. And I think we are going most probably to confirm disease in the left breast. And then I agree with Chuck. I will put her on venoralbine and keep with trastuzumab. Any comments about her as a person and what you saw this morning, Chuck? No, I mean, she seemed remarkably matter of fact, but it's the change that I've seen in my career, you know, in patients with metastatic disease. It used to be just the ER positive patients who would get that good response to hormone therapy that life would go on for them. Now the HER2 positive patients, when they get this kind of response, it the same sort of thing. I mean, it's, you know, oh, I had, yeah, this happened years ago. Well, what do we got to do to get it back under control? It's very calm, you know, at least when they're coming to the office. I'm sure there's, when they hear it on the phone, there's a sinking feeling, but they quickly rally. And I mean, she was just, what do we need to do? Let's do it. Chuck, what about new agents looking at her two positive tumors, specifically at ASCA? There were some interesting papers TDM1 is one agent that I'm curious what your thoughts are, and also pertuzumab. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work being done on sort of this disease category of trastuzumab-resistant disease. It's almost, (laughs) it's become so dominant that you sort of start with, what do we do when that isn't working? And there's pertuzumab added to trastuzumab, restores activity. We've seen studies from Mark Pegram. Bevacizumab added to trastuzumab can restore activity, the heat shock proteins. I mean, it's this theme of things that now lapatinib, in a sense, adds. So, yeah, I think it's exciting because it confirms what an important pathway the HER2 pathway is and that multiple target points at that pathway probably are going to make treatments better. It'll be great for these kind of patients that have metastatic disease because I think we will be able to palliate them longer, more effectively. Obviously, the real excitement is that maybe by combining some of these things in the upfront setting, the adjuvant setting, or newly diagnosed metastatic disease, maybe we won't have the women living with metastatic disease. They'll get the elusive cure. So I think they're very exciting. It's going to be challenging getting all the studies done. And, you know, once you prove that they work, then, well, which one does one choose? And it's going to take a lot of effort. Very exciting times.